you can build an impressive short-term rental business from the ground up with a little help from John and Jeanette. These successful Airbnb and Verbo hosts have experienced and documented the blood, sweat, and tears it can take to really stand out from the pack. Welcome to Stand Out. Hey everybody, it's John and Jeanette. And we are today going to talk through cleaning and the cleaning process and cleaners and hiring cleaners and how much to pay for the cleaners and how important cleaning and cleanliness is to the uh, review and the and the overall success of your short-term rental, Verbo, or Airbnb. There's a lot to cover. We've learned a ton, uh, and we probably spend the most time on, I don't know, making sure that everything is perfect, clean, and ready to go for each guest. So from a, just a wayfinding standpoint here, uh, we're going to approach this. Um, we're really still very early in the process. The way the way our podcast kind of uh, catalog or, or organization, we're still at that point where you're, you've looked for a property. Maybe you found one. We talked about sheets and towels last time, getting that going because that takes some time to get ready. And now it's time to really get kicked off and start thinking about who's going to clean your place and how you're going to do it and things like that. We're very early in the process. We're not trying to do deep dives on the kitchen or deep dives on a bathroom or anything like that. And I think you're going to find uh, throughout this process that um, that we got it's all going to feel like a deep dive because there's just so much so much to cover. So buckle up, Buttercup, because I think it's uh, <laughs> some great information here. Uh, so again, when we get to the kitchen, we'll probably add some cleaning things around the kitchen that are unique to that. But um, again, still early in the process. You're looking for a cleaner. Um, that's kind of where we are. So let's just get this straight. When it comes to Airbnb and Verbo hosting, there is just nothing more important than the cleanliness of your property. We talked last uh, podcast about sheets and towels and how those do show up in your reviews and people people comment about, wow, it's like a hotel. It was so comfortable, the sheets and the towels, robes, things like that. But nothing, and I repeat, nothing shows up more in your reviews than the cleanliness of your property. And... Um, I would just ask all of us, we have to think about this process, not like we do our own homes. This is more like running a hotel or at least a hotel room, depending on your, your Airbnb and VRBO setup. So it's more than just having a clean house. It's like having a brand new house or a brand new reset hotel room every single stay. Something like a dirty oven that in our own home, we might kind of put up with it for a couple of weeks because, oh, you know, Thanksgiving's coming or whatever's coming up. We'll, we'll get that cleaned up after that. You, That doesn't work. That's unacceptable in a short-term rental property. The oven's got to look brand new. The fridge has to look brand new. The dishwasher has to look brand new. Bathrooms, beds, everything all the way down. Yeah. Another way to put this is the only time that your short-term rental should show any signs of dirt sand, crumbs, etc. It's when your guest is there and they made the mess. Right. So if they if they spill a jelly or peanut butter on the on the counter and, you know, they're not going to write a bad review about your cleanliness, but they show up and they find something gross or unclean, they're going to they're going to talk about it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll put this in perspective. Our short-term rental is about a third of the size of our home that we live in, and yet it costs more to clean our vacation home, our vacation property, STR, than it costs to clean our, our regular home here. And it's because of the things we're going to talk about today. It's just whatever you think you know about cleaning your short-term rental being anything at all like house cleaning at your house, just throw it out the window because cleanliness at the end of the day is number one in everybody's mind and every review. 
And so what you want to do is you want to find a cleaner that is, they're really going to be like your business partner. So choose them wisely. Absolutely. And you'll, you'll learn through this podcast that we've, we've had a couple. So we've learned a lot from more than one cleaner. So let's start with a just... And again, guys, it's a long list, and we'll post this on the website at at uh, standoutpodcast.com because it's a long list. So it's a lot to talk about. But Janelle, let's just walk through the basic checklist that that we have for our cleaners. Yeah, and I will just say that when I put this checklist together and I gave it to the cleaner that we had at the time, it freaked her out. And she actually... <laughs> She said she wanted she to quit. quit. She basically quit. So you put it all down on paper. It sounds really, you know, really tough. But all of these things are important. So so let's walk. Let's go ahead and walk through this list. And I'll try not to interrupt you too many times. Okay. So the cleaners get there. They need to start washing and drying the sheets and towels as soon as possible because that takes the most time. So they start with that because, again, that that's going to take the longest and, and they're going to end up waiting on it anyway. So if they don't start it first, you're just adding time, you're adding cost to your clean. Yeah. I mean, if you if you have it done offsite, then clearly that's not important. But for us, they need to get that going as soon as they walk in the door. And then uh, they need to check for marks and stains on the walls, on the floors, on your furniture. Um, check for check the fridge and the freezer for leftover food and stains from the previous guests. Yeah, I, this is a stickler for me. I I am just kind of a germaphobe. I think that's been established, and nothing turns me off more than coming into a short term rental and there's a half full ketchup bottle in there and a, a soda that's half drank. Um, that that does nothing for me on my assurance of cleanliness. Yeah, and in our checkout list, we do ask them to take take out all their food, but they don't always remember that. Okay, so next, make sure they look in the microwave, make sure there's no spillage stains and make sure it doesn't smell funny. Um, look at um, hidden services under the beds, under the trash cans, under the sinks, little things like that. Open all the drawers, cupboards, bedside tables, dressers. People leave things behind. They leave messes in there. So you got to look at all of that. Um, make sure there's nothing broken. And if there is something broken, have them take a picture of it and send it to you. Um, check whether all the valuable items are still in place. We have a few little nice things in there, and uh, we just want to make sure that they are there and in good shape for the next guests. So again, take pictures of any damages, any problems um, that they might see. And I'll, I'll warn you guys that uh, I'm still I'm still uh, adjusting to receiving these pictures because sometimes it's a literally the tiniest little scratch on a on a desk or something. And our cleaning crew takes a picture of it and it's like large enough to be on a billboard. And it always looks like the house has been completely thrashed by by a rock band. And when we get there, it's usually much, much smaller than that. So just brace yourself for the pictures. It's no fun seeing your place dirty and it's no fun getting pictures of scratches and dents either. But it is bound to happen. So be prepared for that. Uh, let's see. Let's keep going. We've got, we want, we have an outdoor area. So they need to check for the um, any missing outdoor cushions. We have wind and sometimes they can blow away. Um, check for bugs. That's a big one. Yep. And it's gross, but, um, you know, we live in the South. So um, we just want to make sure that we've got that under control. Bugs will come, but, you know, there's something you can do something about that. So, you, but you have to know if they're there. 
Um, and then lastly, uh, you know, check and make sure all the light bulbs are working. Little things like that. We haven't even really started cleaning yet. These are just all kind of observations that need to be made um, when you can't be there. So your cleaning crew is going to really be helpful in that area. So let's move to the living areas. What do we do there? Okay, so the obvious stuff. Got to dust. Um, you got to clean windows. I mean, if you have a place that has a view and it, you have a dirty window, then that's a real bummer. So um, make sure the windows are clean, the mirrors are clean, wipe, you know, wipe down light switches and doors. We want everything to be sanitized. Um, so make sure they have a protocol for that. Um, wipe down the chairs and the sofa, vacuum and clean all around underneath the furniture. Um, organize the magazines. We have a bunch of magazines um, about our area. Um, so, you know, they're usually kind of all over the place when guests leave. So just kind of have them stack them neatly. Uh, make sure the throw pillows are looking nice and neat. We have throw blankets. Make sure those are arranged nicely. And, you know, vacuum and mop the floors. That's, you know, basic stuff. Um, so that's just a general for like the living areas. Um, and then, you know, the kitchen, that's, of course, a very important room that needs to be clean. Um, and that's a little more involved. You've got the microwave oven. You want to make sure that's all clean and wiped out and doesn't smell funny. Um, you got to clean the oven. Usually it's not a big deal, um, but they want to make you want to make sure they wipe those out. Um and sanitize all the countertops, clean the refrigerator, remove all the food, wipe down the drawers and cupboards. You know, you don't want to pull out your, your silverware drawer and there's a bunch of crumbs everywhere. That's so gross. So you make sure they're checking that. Um, restock, we have coffee, uh, po coffee pods for our coffee maker. We make sure we have plenty of coffee for all our guests. So make sure all the the little extras are refilled, the coffee pods, the creamers, the sugar packets. Um, and if there's if we're running low on something, then make sure they let you know so you can get that back in stock. Um, one big thing is cleaning out the coffee maker. Make sure there's no dirty filter in there. That is so awful. If you guys caught the Bucerias Mexico kind of remote podcast we did a little bit ago. Uh, that was one of the things we were greeted with that very first morning, you know, stretching, watching the sunrise and opening the coffee pot. And there was a mold fest in there. It was just awful. Yeah. So, and it's an easy thing to forget, you know, that's why I put it on the checklist because, you know, your cleaners, they got a lot to do. So, um, and some of them, they might not even be coffee, you know, drinkers. So they're not thinking about that. So make sure you put that on your list. Um, okay, another big one, restock paper towels. Um, you know, that's so important when you're on vacation. You got to have paper towels in that kitchen. So make sure those are restocked. Make sure there's enough dishwasher pods and dish soap and hand soap. Um, and um, if they're running low, again, have, let them, you know, tell them to let you know so you can um, restock. Um, okay, you got the dishwasher, you got to empty that, make sure that's clean inside. You got your trash can, make sure that's empty. Um, and then dish towels. I think this is so important. It's a little thing, but if you don't have dish towels, it's such a bummer. Um, so make sure there's plenty of clean dish towels for your guests to have a couple out and a couple in the cupboard. Um, and let's see what else. Um, well, wipe down the bar stools and of course, vacuum and mop the floor. Wow. That's a lot. I know. It's a lot. They work hard. So anyway, so that's the kitchen. So we got kitchen, regular living room areas, and now you've got bathrooms. 
So obvious stuff, you want to clean and sanitize the toilet, the whole thing, the lid, the seat, the bowl, the tank, everything. Um, you want and clean that toilet brush. Make sure that's sanitized. You want to clean the sinks and the mirrors. You want to make sure that you replace all the towels. I always make sure there's two sets of bath towels, hand towels, and washcloths um, in each bathroom. Um, and I also make sure there's a a nice little black makeup washcloth um, so that you know you can use that for cleaning off your makeup. Um, and don't forget the bath mat. That's so important. You don't want your guests slipping and sliding in the bathroom. That's not good. So let's see. We've got, oh, don't forget the shower. Make sure the shower is clean and the shower glass is clean and the faucets are all wiped down. Um, you've got um, lots of different surfaces in the bathroom that you want everything to be wiped and sanitized. Um, and if there's any drawers in there, check those out. People leave things. Um, so make sure they check all the drawers and under the sink, um, um, clean out the drawers, um, restock the makeup remover packets. I do that as well. I, I, I They're so nice to have when you're on vacation. It's a little extra. Not everybody has them, but I love them. So I have those out for our guests. We also have little shampoos, conditioners, and bath gel. So you want to get rid of the used ones and you want to nicely display your new ones and I took a picture of how I want everything displayed and so the cleaner always knows exactly how to set things up. So what else do we have? Um, yeah, you want to check for mold. Um, that's important. Hopefully, you know, if you're cleaning once or twice a week, that should not be an issue. But make sure they're just checking things out. Make sure the water pressure is good. Make sure there's no leaks. Um, and then finally, vacuum and mop the floor. So Sounds easy. I'm exhausted. <laughs> All right, how about the bedrooms? Okay, so the bedroom, so important. So the bed is the you know main focal point. You want to make sure that looks good. So they got to get rid of all the sheets, um, the used sheets, and um, put you know new sheets, new uh, new pillowcases, um, and then you want them to make the bed just the way your pictures show. So again, I have a picture that I've taken and. The cleaners have that, and they know just how to make it every time. Um, you want to, I always have them replace the duvet cover every time. Um, not everybody does that, but we're kind of, we like to keep things nice and clean. So um, the, that duvet cover gets washed every time. Um, and then we also have a pullout bed in our loft. So if you have one of those, they don't get used every time. Um, but you'll want your cleaners to check and make sure that they haven't been used. If they have, um, those sheets need to be replaced. And then make sure you have fresh, clean sheets somewhere for the next guest in case they need them. Again, dust all the drawers and the dressers and make sure the decor is all in place. And, um, you know, you know, not, maybe not every time, but you'll want to wipe the dust boards and clean the windows. And again, if you have those views out there, you want to make sure that they have, you know, that you don't have dirty windows that they're looking through. Um, clean the light switches and, of course, vacuum and mop the floor. You don't want to have any hairs anywhere. That's a big no-no. So just make sure that they are checking that before they leave. 
Okay. So we have, you mentioned we have an outdoor area. So what do we do to either to the outdoor area or the exterior of our home? Yeah. So we, we have a houseboat. And so being outside is, is a big part of the experience. So you want it to look nice and you want it to be clean. So you want to make sure they wipe down the chairs. Um, We have railings, have those wiped down. We have an outdoor little kitchen area. So make sure that's nice and clean and neat. Um, Check for bugs. Um, the sliding door to the outside, that should be nice and clean. And, you know, sometimes that the little, the sill at the bottom, I don't know, you're a window guy, John. What's that called? It's a sill. It's a sill. Okay. So make sure that's clean. That gets really gunky and dirty. And, and so just, you know, make sure everything looks neat and clean and tidy. And because they're going to be spending a lot of time out there, and you don't want them to be distracted by a mess. So I'll just speak to outdoor. Again, not everyone's probably going to get their outdoor area cleaned up like we do, maybe. But I, I can tell you as a guest of a, of a home in, in uh, Florida a couple of years ago, um, we went out back and it was a beautiful day. We wanted to sit out on the furniture. It was two inches of, of dirty, wet leaves on every surface. And, you know, to me, that's like that's part of the stay that we did not get to enjoy. We didn't get to experience and it was still a great stay. But, um, you know, again, that's, you know, maybe it's maybe that's not a little thing. But for me, it's like one of the little things that really counts is the ability for somebody to use that outdoor area. And again, in, in our particular case, this it's such the kind of the, the crown jewel of our home is that outdoor porch. So um, it's we have no choice but to clean it. I will say this, too. So like if you're have a if you have a lake house say there's usually a lot of cobwebs and spiders and things like that in that kind of environment um that is another big turnoff for guests so make sure that your cleaners are checking for those and wiping those away too so um you have this section coming up Jeanette called last steps and as i read it i mean i just think a quick disclaimer not everybody does what we do and we'll have an entire podcast on the standout part of our standout podcast, which is those little things that go so, so far. So what are some of those things that we do right there as the last finishing touches? Yeah. So we try to go the extra step and just make our guests feel extra welcome and special. Um, So we make sure there's water bottles in the fridge. Uh, Sometimes we, you know, they will specify what they like. Some like sparkling water, some like Diet Coke or Whatever it is that they want, we try to make sure we have that for them. And we ask them ahead of time, you know, what, what are, what's your favorite snack? What's your favorite beverage? Because um, we want to just, we want to go that extra mile and surprise them. A lot, a lot of our friends that are in this business think we're nuts. I'm just being honest. They're like, why are you doing that? Don't, don't set the standard that high. But for us, maybe it's because we've only been doing this for a year and a half now or whatever. But for me, it's, it's a sport. You know, somebody says, I like this type of water and it it takes three stores to find it sometimes, but it's so fun when you finally get it and you, get, and you know when they open that door and they see it. We were on the phone with somebody this weekend that was wanted to sort of be with us on the phone as they came into the property, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you got the bourbon I mentioned," and you know that. Yeah, I mean, you're at five star, you're at six star with room to fall to five that when you do that kind of stuff. But yeah. again, that's a different podcast. It's fun for us to do that. And we're able to, we live close enough. So we're able to do that. You can have your cleaning company do it for you. Um, and when we've been out of town, they have taken that role for us and it's been so nice. Um, so we just, you know, show, we just have like a bag that says, this is what we want for this guest. And they put it out for us. 
Um, but generally we have water bottles in the fridge. Um, I have a big bowl of snacks, all different kinds, some sweet, some savory. Um, because, you know, if you're traveling, um, you, you, you probably are hungry when you walk in the door. And it's no fun to walk into a kitchen and there's not one crumb of food. So just to have a little snack to kind of tide you over until you can get to the store is kind of nice. We stole that one from a Colorado Springs home that we stayed in once with a bunch of our family. And it was 20 minutes from any store. And we all got there. And I mean, all the teenagers went nuts eating granola bars and stuff, but it was such a, it was such a win because it allowed us, the the adults in the room, to get the rooms ready and get set up and maybe unpack some suitcases before we had to do the, the provision run down to the grocery store. Yeah. So it's just another little touch that just delights your guests. And it just, like I said, it makes us happy to make them happy. So so little things like that, but you also want to make sure that everything is out on the counter and ready to go. So you, we have a, our little book that um, has all the information about our houseboat, about check-in and check-out, um, restaurants and things like that. So that's on the counter where they can see it. Um, we need a parking pass for our place, so that's out and where they can see it. Um, Wi-Fi information. Um have fun with that. Maybe frame it or put it in a, in a place where they can easily find it and it looks, it's easy to read and it's very convenient. Um, so make sure that's out for them. If, if you don't have it out, you will get a call within 10 minutes of their of them getting there. They will call you before they read the manual. So we have it, we have a framed one that's like stand up frame. It's just kind of cute with the decor, but instead of having a picture of a baby in it or something, it's got the Wi-Fi stuff in it. I've seen people hanging on the wall, but I strongly suggest you do that. Yeah. And then also think about when are your guests arriving? Um, if you know they're coming at night, it would be nice to have some lights on so they don't walk into a dark place. So we, we're mindful of that and we'll turn on some lamps and, you know, a light over the stairwell. Um, so when they walk in, it's not all dark and gloomy, right? Um, also, we also love to surprise them with music. Sometimes we have a, a music venue really close to our houseboat and some are coming to listen to concerts. So if we can, we may even have the music playing for the concert they're going to be listening to or going to. And that's a review item. Every time they, the, the host had my favorite band playing when I walked into the home. I mean, that kind of stuff. And we'll get into a tech, we'll do a whole tech episode in the future. We also, uh, you want to make sure that the owner's closet is locked and the key is put away. Uh, you want to make sure all the windows and doors are locked. And the last thing before the cleaners leave, they should make sure that they haven't left anything in the washer or the dryer. And if there's any extra linens that need to be washed, that they take it with them. Wow. So as you guys can see, we talked earlier that, that your cleaner for your STR property is just not the same as cleaning your house. I mean, so many of these things that we, that we, that Jeanette just talked through, uh, are not maybe things you do on a regular basis in your home, but you would do this for your short term Airbnb verbo rental um, every single time. Really everything we just talked about is an every single time thing. Now, a couple of things I just want to point out here, too, that, that maybe affect me a little bit more uh, in my role with this property is um, having your cleaners be 
Um, I think Jeanette mentioned maybe they're kind of your eyes and your ears, but, you know, having them there for you in a pinch, because there's going to be times when we're going to want to go somewhere and we're going to travel and we're going to be out of town or whatever. And to have a cleaner that you can trust. I mean, at one point, I don't remember exactly the story, Jeanette, but I think, I think she had to go make a key or something and, and get it back to the houseboat. And I mean, it was almost like this, like we were playing a bad trick on her. Uh, probably in her head, but she saved the day with, with something that really wasn't that difficult. Um, I think she's had to buy, uh, you know, a six pack of beer or something because somebody finally got back to us with what they wanted to drink. And we were, we were eight hours away or whatever. When, when we found that out, we was no way we could get back down there. So again, having somebody you trust to that level, super, super, super important. So having them as your eyes and your ears and, and, you know, again, they're not your Aaron boys and girls. That's not my point, but having just that backstop, um, you know, we never would ask them to do anything that we wouldn't do ourselves, but having to trust in somebody like that is a super, super big deal. Another one that's, that's kind of a hot button for me, a passion for me is, um, that when we walk into the house, I want it to smell great. And we do have kind of one of those diffuser read things that you can get at, you know, world market or whatever pottery barn, um, to put a little bit of a fragrance out, but you know, you, you don't want, uh, cans of glade running through the house spraying that making it smell like roses or something. I don't think that's doing anybody any favors. And we also try when we can to have the house cleaned right before the guests come, uh, because ultimately that to me, that, that fresh linen laundry smell, nothing smells more clean and fresh than there's no, nothing in a spray that can, that can match that. And it, it just tells that guest when they walk in here, this place is clean. I could smell how clean this place is. So we're going to put that entire list that Jenna just walked through up on the website, standoutpodcast.com. We'll get that out for you uh, on the, on the liner notes from this, this week's podcast. So, we talked about what has to get done, and that's what we spent this first part of this podcast on. Now we're going to transition over to the different approaches that different people can take or different hosts can take to have the work done. And I'll start with the most obvious choice, which would be to do it yourself or DIY for your cleaning. It is the cheapest cash option without a doubt. Um, I know that when we first started talking about this, doing this property, I was all about, we're going to clean it. And, um, that's money in our pocket and all that kind of stuff. And Jeanette wisely talked me down off the ledge, but there are people that clean their own home and we should talk about that for sure. Um, it, it is a huge time suck. Um, I would say Jeanette, what's a typical clean if you and I have to do it for some oddball reason? If I do it myself, um, it probably takes me at least two hours and I take all the laundry home with me. Um, because I don't want to do it there. And this is where you say, and if you come, John, it's three hours. Yeah, I'm I'm the chief cleaner in this relationship, which is okay with me. John does his things. I do my things. Um, but yeah, it's it's a big job. And it's important, I, I think, to do to clean your place a couple of times. Um, you need to know what's involved. I learned a ton when I, ha I had to do it one time. There was a mix up in the schedule and I had to quickly clean it before a guest was coming. And um, it w I learned some things. I learned, um, you know, hey, we're low on this and hey, maybe this would help. And um, so it, it wasn't it wasn't a terrible experience, um, but I, I would say our advice would be that you clean your own place a couple times a year minimum, because that's when you see 
something that maybe they haven't mentioned to you. Or there's a gap in the grout that's going to end up causing damage or, you know, the, the water pressure. You mentioned that earlier, Jeanette. They may not mention that to you. The shower door is not closing quite right or whatever. If, if you're not cleaning it or at least staying in it, you're going to miss some of that stuff. So I, I don't think there's any world where you're ever 100% out of having to clean ever. But um, certainly we, we probably do it two or three times a year. Do you think? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And we always learn a little something. And uh, usually John creates some projects that we have to do. I do. I do. So again, this is not your normal clean. I know I'm a broken record on that. And again, you are, this is a complete reset of a hotel room or a brand new home every single time. And then I'm going to add this other layer into this. Again, this is still under the guise of your, you think you can do it yourself, like I did. Um, now you've got couple back-to-back cleanings maybe in one week. So you've got a weekend stay. They're out They're out Monday morning. Somebody comes in Monday afternoon. They're going to check out Wednesday morning. And then you've got the next group coming in for a long weekend after that. You're, you're cleaning the place, you know, three times in five days or whatever that math works out to. That That is just not the best use of your time. Charge what it costs you to clean. And just look at it as a pass-through. You're paying the cleaners. They, they pay the guests paid you, and and then you can trick yourself into you just got the house clean for free because that's kind of that's kind of how it works out. Well, and your your cleaners are working really hard. Uh, so pay them what they what they're worth. Uh, make sure they're happy. Check in with them and make sure that they feel like they're being compensated fairly. Uh, because if they're not happy, they're going to quit, and then you're going to be in big trouble. And they're probably going to quit right before a clean. They're not going to think that one all the way through. They're going to catch you on a Thursday for a Friday clean or something, and that, that's no bueno at all. So that's the DIY do-it-yourself. We, we really, I, again, I didn't really ask you this, Jeanette, but I mean, I don't recommend that as your primary, uh, unless there's some reason you're someplace where nobody will go clean it. Uh, I just don't think that's that's the greatest uh, plan for... Uh, that that keeps you you know fresh for new ideas and keeps you awake and alive and 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 focused on the important things that help you stand out, not on your hands and knees cleaning a toilet. It's kind of hard to get really excited about what the guest wants to drink three hours after cleaning the toilet. Well, and you you want professionals doing this work. I mean, I can clean, but. My, our cleaners are professionals and they have a system, they're organized and they know more about cleaning than me. So I want them to do that job because they're going to do a better job. They are. I mean, they're, they're like chemists. I swear they know all the right stuff that does the right, you know, that's going to get that out. That's going to clean that type of surface or that kind of grease or whatever. So that's a great segue to now the first of the, there's three approaches in all. So this is sort of the second approach. And this is what I would call just sort of the, the one-off or maybe a couple you know, a husband, wife, or a couple gals that are starting their own cleaning business, um, sort of that, that smaller cleaning business. And, um, it is an approach. I mean, we'll mention in a minute, we kind of have a hybrid between this one and the professional large scale cleaning crew that we use. We'll talk about in a minute, but, you know, cleanliness is so important. It's such a high, high, uh, probability that you're going to be discussed openly on your reviews about how clean you are. You know, if you're going to go the route of that kind of one-off or a couple of people that are cleaners, you really got to make sure that that they're the right team, that you can trust them, they, that they have each other's back when you're out of town, and that the, the home is going to get clean to your expectations. Yeah, you want to make sure they have backup because life happens, and if something 
uh, pulls them away from work, um, who's going to take their place? So they should have at least a couple backups so that you will be covered. So the research I did on this kind of these approaches was that the independent cleaners that we're talking about here and sort of approach to that they're actually less expensive uh, than the big, large scale, you know, kind of uh, machines that do this for you know communities like we live in Wilmington, Wrightsville Beach, Carolina Beach, Myrtle Beach, that kind of stuff. You know, I, I'm not sure I, I believe that, Jeanette. I'm not sure you believed that earlier when we talked about it, too, in that I think that the... Um, I think that those larger companies might have a higher hourly rate in some cases, but I think they're quicker than maybe the one-off person. We we have definitely learned that a one person in their cleaning, uh, all jokes aside, takes longer than having a couple of people, whether it's, you know, putting the duvets on the bed and things like that. There's just, you know, I, I made the contortionist joke on the duvets and sheets and towels episode, but it, there are some things that helps having a couple of people, one up, one down, you're not up and down the stairs as much and things like that. But that is, that is what I read is that the larger companies cost more than these independents that we're talking about right now. Yeah. And, you know, having at least two people clean your place and it depends on the size of the place, but um, the work gets done quicker. And sometimes you don't have a lot of time between guests. So the quicker they can get the job done, the more flexible you can be. You can maybe let them check in a little earlier, check out a little later. So keep that in mind. Um, I would say with the smaller companies, um, you will have more of a personal relationship with your cleaning crew. And I think that's super important because you are like partners. Uh, and if, if you hire the big company, you might have a different cleaner every time. And so it's just harder and they're not going to be as bought in as, uh, as you know, a smaller company that knows you, that cleans there every time. Um, they're just an employee in a big company. And so, you know, let's say something comes up and you need them to run out there and um, replace... Uh, Light bulb. Um, they might not be as anxious to help you because they've got a, a life and, you know, they're just not as invested in your in your business. So a couple, couple items here that you had bulleted, Jeanette, around... Um, around, you know, making sure whether it's a one-off cleaner or a large company that we're going to talk a little bit more about in a moment, you know, make sure they're fairly compensated. You talked about that earlier. We actually had that happen to us uh, in one case where somebody just, you know, basically quit and, and wasn't because we're being mean. It's just, they just didn't want to do this much work for that much money. And, And so there's that, you know, the expectations, making sure they have photographs of what you want stuff to look like. I mean, even if you have a cleaning crew of two people and you've, you've done everything Jeanette just talked about having a backup and all that, but they're both catch the flu in the same week, you're either cleaning to yourself or they can hand off those pictures that they have and get it pretty darn close with somebody else. And then you're just in, you know, all this whale doesn't go here, it goes here or whatever, that kind of stuff. Just the little, little detail stuff at the last, last end. I also would point out that that, that checklist that Jeanette walked us through at great length a minute ago is a, a version of that is actually hanging on the inside of the owner's closet door that they see every time they're cleaning. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of things that are just really important to me. I want to make sure that, that, 
um, they're taken care of. I want to make sure there's plenty of paper towels and toilet paper left out. And and that's an easy thing to forget when you're cleaning an entire house um, to make sure that you've got an extra paper towel roll out and an extra toilet paper roll in each bathroom. So it's just a little reminder for the, you know, the end of their cleaning session so that you know, we make sure those little details get taken care of. So the third approach is, as you can imagine, because we've already talked about it a little bit, is that large, you know, cleaning company. And, you know, depending on where you are, if you're in Boise, Idaho, that's a big market. I shouldn't use that. But, you know, that, that certainly here at these beach towns that we live in, there's multiple of these companies. They run like, you know, Swiss clocks and all those kind of things, uh, bad analogies. Um, and, you know, there's some pros to that too. Jeanette talked about they have reputation and, you know, they're, they're, they were concerned about their reputation. They don't want you blowing them up on Facebook. You know, the, the woman that was cleaning for us that quit, you know, I don't know if she was too worried about that. We're still dear friends with her. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, she didn't have a Facebook page that anybody's going to blow anything up on. But, you know, if you're, you know, ABC Cleaning in Wilmington, North Carolina, you, you're going to worry about your reputation and things like that. So there's an advantage there. They have a lot of people to pull from. They know how to clean, you know. What else is good about these big cleaners? They usually have like a, a laundry service. Uh, they they can also buy all of the little extra things like toiletries and things like that. They can provide that service as well. Yeah, I think if you're if you're willing to pay for that, I mean, I mean, I you know, I do my research for this. We don't have a yard at a houseboat, you can imagine, but um, some of the larger cleaning companies ha- they have access. They have access to vendors that can that can mow and rake and do whatever you might need to have be done if you're not living in the town you are, if or you're just away or whatever. And, and again, I, my, my mindset on these guys on the larger crews is that the hourly rate is a little bit higher. They might be a little bit more efficient. So that might be a little bit of an equalizer there. I think my biggest concern with these large cleaning companies is just the flexibility concerns I might have. And then, you know, how, they're not familiar with our property. They don't see it every week. Cause again, you don't know who you're going to get to be cleaning. And I, I think that's why we have this sort of hybrid approach that we've used as a smaller crew, smaller company, but growing super eager, super hungry to grow and, and not, uh, not afraid if, like I said, a key needs to be made or whatever, they're, they're, they're kind of excited about to show us what they can do with that. And we brought them other business because of our word of mouth about, you know, what they've done for us and how much we like them. Yeah, again, you want to be partners with your cleaning crew. So for me personally, I want to know who's in my home. I want to be able to call them up and they answer the phone right away or or text you back. Um, You got to have really good communication. So for me, I mean, it's so important to our business that I prefer having a personal relationship and I don't mind paying extra for that. Yeah, we, you know, just uh, we're going to talk pricing here in a little bit, but our original price with our current housekeeper was actually pretty darn low. And you know, to, the, to the extent that I thought I was maybe too low and I was kind of building this bonus structure around every time somebody said the word how, you know, cleanliness or how clean it was in the review, I was going to throw her 25 bucks or whatever. And then before I got a chance to launch that, um, she figured out how much she should really be charging, probably looked at our Airbnb listing. And so it went from, you know, $125 to $200 like that. So um, at that point, you know, now now we we do take care of her in other ways too, but um, we have a little bit more of an arm's length regular cleaning than uh, the same price you might have to pay one of the big cleaning companies as well. 
So those are the kind of the three approaches. We talked about the kind of the very long list of things that have to be done when you're cleaning an Airbnb or VRBO property. Let's switch now to just as sort of in general, some things that you need to think about as you start picking your cleaner and the ducks you need to get in a row to do that. And the first one I would just throw out there is you got to come up with a scheduling system. The Both the primary or all really the primary platforms, whether it's Airbnb or Verbo, they have their calendars. You can, uh, you can make those shareable and public uh, to your cleaners. You could make sure, and we'll talk about this in a future podcast, but those two definitely need to be sharing with each other. So that when somebody books on Airbnb, your Verbo blocks out so you don't double book because that's not good. But in this particular podcast, your cleaners have access to that too. We've created a Google calendar that is fed from both those platforms that they can see. And then Jeanette, why don't you describe kind of your old school way you do it? I also, I go into the Verbo calendar and I... uh I do a screenshot of it and I send it to the cleaner. Um, so it's just kind of a backup, like so that I know that she sees the schedule and knows when people are coming and going. Uh, and then she sends me her cleaning schedule and I write that in my calendar. So I know when she's coming. And then if I think she should be cleaning and it's not on her schedule, then we talk about it and she will either say, oh, I didn't know I needed to, or, oh, I will add it to my schedule. But that way we don't have any misses. We did have a miss once. And so this is kind of my way to um, prevent that from happening again. I mean, out of of what is probably 50 or 60 stays, one miss, I'll take that as a A plus. And again, your system's great. The, The screenshots, you also have a kind of a manual printed, you know, handwritten calendar that you do as a double uh, backstop, if you will. And then again, the Google Calendar and then Airbnb and Verbo sharing that information. So from a scheduling standpoint, we've got about five points of uh, duplication there to make sure we don't have any problems with the clean. Now, the next thing we're going to talk about, though, too, is as you're interviewing your cleaners and things, obviously, you want to make sure they have some technological skill to be able to handle those kind of schedules we just talked about. But also you need to know from them, like how much lead time do you need? You know, what's your schedule? What's your bandwidth? Because somebody might say, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we can't wait to clean your property. And you get three back to backs and they're like, we just can't do it. We're too busy. You know, guess who's cleaning when they can't. Right. And sometimes you need to get to your cleaner quickly. So make sure that they are responsive. So the if they're not getting back to you within 24 hours, that's a problem because sometimes you need to have a quick answer. So just make sure you have good lines of communication going. So scheduling, we talked about, we talked about sort of their availability, their bandwidth and the, you know, how long, like, can, can we call our cleaner two days ahead of time and say, hey, we just had a surprise guest come. I need you to clean on Saturday or whatever. Um, you need to have that agreed upon upfront Uh, preferably in writing with your cleaner. So it's very, very, very clear. Um, Once they've cleaned your property a few times, you probably want to kind of capture the turnaround time so you know how long it takes from the moment they turn the key in your door until they're uh, checking the checking the dryer for sheets or whatever the last item was on your list, Jeanette. Uh, You know, if that's three hours, then you know it. And if your checkout time is at 10 and your check-in time's at four and somebody says, can I check in at noon? You know, that's going to be a problem. You're setting up your cleaner for failure because they, you're only giving them two hours for what takes three. Agreed. And if somebody does ask for an early check-in or a late checkout, make sure you check with your cleaner first. How do you all handle cleaning supplies? 
So we um, provide some and they provide some. It's kind of a mix. Um, and I asked her what kind of a, a vacuum cleaner she preferred, and she told me, and I wouldn't bought that. So work with your cleaners. They might have uh, special products that they like to use. Um, I always have cleaning products in the house because you never know when you're going to have to clean yourself. So, And your guests might like to clean too. They might want to spray down the counters. They might want to clean, you know, clean things off while they're there. So make sure you have cleaning supplies there, whether or not your cleaner supplies them or not. I mean, I'd, I would take even a stronger stance on that. I mean, you are a guest in someone's short-term rental property. You're going to cook. You're going to be there for a few days. I mean, plain and simple, you need to be able to clean up after yourself. You know, you care about cleanliness. That's what this whole podcast is about. And and you're going to want to clean up after yourself and not live in a pigsty. You've got to provide those products to let them do that. Yeah, make sure they can find the broom and the vacuum cleaner and some washcloths and kitchen sprays and stuff like that. So let's switch over to pricing now. How much is all this going to cost you as a host? And if you listen to that uh, list or you go look at it on standoutpodcast.com, you're going to see a very, very long list and expect to pay a lot of money. Um, I'll tell you just right up front, I think I mentioned this earlier, you know, we charge our guests $200 for cleaning fee and that $200 goes directly to our cleaner. Um, There are times if there's just uh, one person or maybe two people, like a couple staying there, they only use one of the bedrooms, one of the bathrooms, our bill might come from the cleaner and only be $175. So in that case, we just made, made air quotes, $25 on the clean. But we've also had some uh, examples when people have come, they're there for a few days for a concert or whatever, they get a little wild and the place is kind of a mess and that bill could be 225 250 So it, it kind of all comes out in the wash, pardon the pun. Uh, with the cleaners. And we watch that very closely. We talk to her and make sure that that them and make sure that they're okay with the the dollar amount for what they're doing. And that seems to be working really well for us. Through research I did on uh, other people and what they're charging, again, I think ours is probably a little bit higher than for the same size property if it was just a standard home because it's a houseboat and they get a park and walk their stuff a little ways to get there. There is some outdoor... uh, living area and exterior of the home area that they're having to clean that might be a little bit above and beyond what a normal home would be. But I think our, our home in a standardized pricing would probably be more like 150 bucks. I mean, we're not that far off there. And I know from my experience as a guest, um, it's routinely 125, 150 for a clean is about what I expect to pay. Uh, if it's a large home with a lot of people and a lot of family, it's yeah, obviously it's going to be it could be 300 bucks or more in some cases. What what's your experience on that, Jeanette? Uh, it's definitely based on where you're located. I mean, we're in on a marina, so um, you know access is a little harder. Um, so I would I would expect to pay more. Um, just because of that. Uh, but we're also in a resort town. We're in a, at a beach town. Um, so it is going to be higher, but it just depends on where you are and how, how big your place is uh, and what your relationship is with the cleaners. So do your research, check their references, and make sure that they're happy with what you're paying them. I mean, you could probably negotiate and get them down on price, but you really want to make sure that they feel happy about your agreement. Um, You want your cleaners to be happy. So I can tell you right now, I can count, actually, I don't need hands because it's zero, that we've never had a complaint in a review, in a note, in a private note, in the guest book, anywhere to my face. I've never had a complaint about 
our cleaning fee, never. Now, I think if we didn't go to the links we do to keep it as clean as it is and have the cleaners that we have, maybe we would at $200. Never once have I had that. But if I paid $100 per clean and it wasn't very clean, I would need both hands and both feet to count the number of people that would have commented about it wasn't that clean on the review. So that's just my sort of way to, you know, say this out loud, you know, pay for good cleaning and and get good cleaning and you're not going to have people complaining about the price of the cleaning, I guess is where I'm going with that. Agreed. Um, if you're trying to save money, cut costs, don't cut your costs there. That's not the place to do it. Find another, find another way. So I'm going to go back to Jeanette's reference discussion. Make sure that, make sure the references are checked with other people that are doing similar work to what you're doing. Don't just check references of people that they clean their home, because as we've, I think, established through this podcast, this isn't like cleaning a home. It's, it's like building a new house, right, every time. So make sure they've done that kind of work, not just that they're referenced because they clean Sally's home really well. I, want, I would want to know that they can do short-term rental, Verbo, Airbnb-type homes. Yeah, or anybody that's worked in a hotel, they would understand. One of the discussions I saw discussed online was, you know, should I be paying a flat fee or should I pay by the hour? And I think we have definitely determined, as you can tell, we pay a flat fee. Um, there's, we do have a couple things, like if somebody really thrashes the place, like I said, we know it's not going to be 200, it might be 225 or even 250 if it's bad, but we know what to expect. That allows me also to charge the guests if they make a mess. And I know exactly what to charge them because Instead of 200, my cleaning was 250. Here's your $50 charge for thrashing my house, right? So I really think cleaning at a fixed fee, you know what you got. You can set your rate in your platforms and just take all the guesswork and variability out of the, out of the mix. So that's our pricing discussion. I mean, you know, I'm not, we're not getting super specific in, into that area. But I, I, again, I don't think you're going to see wide, huge, wild fluctuations in pricing. It's The market's going to set the price. All you have to do is look at some of your comps on Airbnb and Verbo, see what their cleaning fees are. You'll know what your cleaning fee is going to be. So it's, you know, this is more so you have an idea what to expect if you haven't already launched as much as it's some sort of a pricing exercise. So now... How do I find a good short-term rental cleaning company or cleaner? Obviously, word of mouth is the best. I think, you know, if you can, if you know people who do it and you can get a good reference, that would probably be number one. Yeah, look look online. There's so many resources online as well. And you can look at their uh, services. You can uh, look at how long they've been in business. Um, they should have... Reviews. Yeah, reviews and information on their staff and their cleaning policies. So do your research. And as far as online resources, just a list I made in here, scratch down. Um, Angie, which used to be Angie's List, but now it's Angie with just the I at the end. Craigslist, of course. Yelp, Home Advisor, and Thumbtack. Those are some great resources to, to pull from. So let's just close with this. The cleanliness of your property is going to get discussed openly in your reviews for all to see. The 300 people that liked your property and are reading your reviews are all going to read about your cleanliness on your, from your past guests. It's the number one most important thing that any of us could be talking about at this point. I agree. So make sure your cleaning company that you hire is happy, happy with their pay, happy with you, and that you're communicating well. And you should be very successful. 
Okay, so quick bonus feature. Uh, in our very first podcast, we did a shout out for a Netflix show called Stay Here, which is all about short-term rentals and uh, decorating them and redesigning them and having Instagram moments and all this kind of things. And we talked about how much we learned from that show. Uh, today, we got another shout out. It's also a Netflix show. It's actually two seasons in this case. And it's a show called Instant Hotel. It takes place in Australia. And it is a, a little bit more like watching The Bachelor or Married at First Sight or one of those kind of shows. It's more reality-based, and there's a little bit of a competition going on. Uh, but, Jeanette, you remember that Instant Hotel? Yeah, it was entertaining. Um, there were lots of little things to learn and um, a lot of interesting properties to look at, all different kinds. So enjoy it. Take, take from it what you will. But... Uh, you, you can always learn a little something. Yeah, you may have learned a little something. I learned a lot. I'm telling you, uh, one of the couples on there happens to live next door to their short-term rental property and kept showing up while the guests were there. So that was a absolute no-no. Yeah, you want to give your guests their space. And then this uh, another woman that uh, her and her daughter had a property and like their welcome gifts were R-rated, if I remember right, and stuff like that. It's entertaining. It's entertaining. It's a little bit more, like I said, it's more reality show, but but it is about our business and the business that you're here listening to us talk about today. So watch it. Uh, I think that's it for today. So I'm John. I'm Jeanette. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>